His Morning Crew with Rob, Allison, and Jim. It's been a year since the beautiful sanctuary at Advent United Methodist Church in Simpsonville was destroyed by a fire. You know, uh, firefighters spent six hours fighting that fire, but they couldn't save the church. So it's really been a year of faith building for this church. They've really turned their focus outward in helping others. The senior pastor says... You know, in times like these, it would be easy for a church to turn inward and just take care of themselves and Mm -hmm. think all about the construction of the new building and everything. But they've been really outwardly focused and trying to impact the community. It like proved that the church is not a building at all. It's the people that are there. It's the the movement of God through us. Jesus never built a building. He just built a movement of people. Church has always been about a people, about a community of faith. And uh, so that's what we, we continued to remind ourselves in the midst of the fire. They've been able to help ministries and people all around the world during this year of kind of focusing on helping others. Now, they are going to start construction on a new building in March, and it's really cool because it's expected to be done for their Easter 2019 service. 2019? Yeah, 2019. So it's a long, long road ahead, but it's neat to see how they've taken something that could have been horrible for their church and devastating and really used it to show others the love of Jesus. Yeah, they were featured on WYFF News 4, and I love the fact that uh, they're reaching out like this. I mean, it's not inward-focused. Mm-hmm. And for that young girl to be able to say, the church is not the building, mm-hmm. you know, she really took that to heart. Yeah, proved the whole thing, didn't mm-hmm. she? I've been trying to tell you that, Allison, but I, I think this finally drove it home for it you. It did. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jim. Yes, Jim. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Hey, listen, I know what it's like to feel alone, feel abandoned, feel unloved. Hey, when you are a kid and your parent tosses you to the street, that kind of happens. That's a part of my God story. But in our encouraging word today, I think it'll turn all that around for you if you feel that. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. He loves you, and you're not alone. That's our hashtag encouraging word in Ephesians chapter 4. Mornings with his morning crew. Our producer Jim Mann has a great story about a little boy who's honoring his mom. Yeah, Knox Lamb is his name. He's eight years old, third grader at Fort Branch Community School. His mom, Casey, uh, was a, uh, a basketball phenomenon. She's in the University of Southern Indiana Hall of Fame for basketball. She was quite a basketball player. But just this past October, she lost her life in a battle of cancer. That's horrible. Just 37 years old. Mm. Left behind three little boys. One of them is Knox. So he signed up when his uh, near by high school had a coaches versus cancer it's a fundraising thing you take these half court shots and you raise money so he was chosen and it's just a little fella just a little fella so he has to do a little running start and uh, he took his first shot there and it, it went up and just missed it which is amazing for a kid his size and then he took the second shot and he was competing against another much bigger kid so he figured, oh, the other kid's going to get it. And he took a second shot, and guess what happened, Rob? Sounds like he landed it, man. Nothing but net, huh? That's right. The- 
crazy. So he said he knew his his mom was helping him. Oh. So that's so sad, so sad. But it's uh, driven him to do something for uh, to find uh, help out the American Cancer Society. And uh, it just helped him feel close to his mom. More than just pretty voices. You know, I had the flu last week. I was gone. I'm so happy to be back. But I got to tell you, I'm still kind of tired. It's sticking around. I'm Allison along with Rob and Jim. We're his morning crew on his radio. Wait a minute. Does that mean if she still has the flu, she should go home? You think you still have it? I don't think I still have it. I think my body's just still recovering. Okay. Well, Mythbusters did something. I don't know if you caught it. It was about the flu. Oh, really? And you hear this thing, if you have the flu, stay home. Yeah. So they wanted to prove or disprove that whole fact. Mm -hmm. So they did the whole thing. I mean, they had one guy who simulated, I'm going to work full full throttle flu. And I'm not going to cover myself when I sneeze. I'm going to wipe my nose with my hand. I'm going to shake people's hands with that same, I mean, all that kind of stuff and spread it everywhere. Then the other guy was very careful of what he did going to work with the flu, how they simulated all this stuff. And so their whole prognosis was this at the end. If you're sick, you need to take some personal responsibility. So what does that mean? What's the whole personal responsibility? So here's what they came up and they found. The careless dude infected everybody. Mm. The guy who sneezed, who wiped his hand on his nose, all that stuff. The other guy was very cautious. He wouldn't touch anything. He covered his mouth when he sneezed. He washed his hands all the time. The guy who was careless infected everybody. Mm. The guy who still went to work and was cautious didn't infect anybody. Well, that's good. Yeah. I still think you should just stay home. So she should have come to work last week, you said? I guess. I mean, according <laughs> no, to Mythbusters. Listen, listen, I read on the CDC website that just talking within six feet, you can infect all those people. And you guys are all six feet away, you know, within six feet. So I just knew if I came, you guys would all be sick. Well, you know what? We can always put a microphone out in the hallway. That's 12 <laughs> feet away. His morning crew. Just about Ending his day in South Korea is Nigel Robertson, who gets to cover for NBC on about 31 stations what the Olympics is doing. I mean, you're right at the Olympic Village, Nigel. Yeah, I'm right in the heart of it all. Really excitement, uh, getting to meet the athletes, getting to see the venues, getting to tell stories for uh, stations around the country. It's, it's a huge blessing, and I'm excited to be here. Oh, so awesome. I love following you on Instagram, Nigel, and I love how you're diving into the culture of South Korea, and you say they deep fry and batter anything and everything, so I got to know, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten so far? Well, well, here's the thing. I kind of went out. Um, we went on a food tour in Seoul yesterday, and um, I've tried all kinds of delicious food and cold noodle soup, which, you know, normally I like hot soup, but... Uh, uh, so we went to an outdoor market that literally fries everything, and they had, you know, shrimp and chicken and vegetables, but they had octopus and snails and other things that I had no idea what it was, and I wasn't about to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed they're doing something in South Korea at the Olympics, like they do a Disney, and they trade pins. Yeah. 
Yeah, pin trading is huge here. Uh, so I work for Hearst Television, which owns you know WYFF4. Um, so I'm here for all the Hearst stations, and we have uh, pins. Uh, that, you know, when you go up to someone from another station or another country, uh, another company, uh, all those, they, they all come here stocked with pins, and it's a huge trading thing. And then the Olympic Games has tons of, of pins as well. So when I was in Rio it was for the Summer Games in 2016, that was the first time that, that I was introduced to pin trading on the international level, and it, it, it's pretty epic. How many do you have now? Probably have about, um, you know, and I've got my favorites. I probably have five or so favorites that, that I refuse to trade. Uh, but on my lanyard, I'll have, you know, pins. So our um, credentials is hanging on a lanyard, and everyone puts their pins on the lanyard. So as you're walking around, you can see other people's pins and, and you know, then trade accordingly. But, uh, you know, I've got about five that I'm keeping, definitely bringing home. Okay, I got to be honest with you. I don't get curling, but you covered curling at the Olympics, and you met Matt and Becca Hamilton like is like a brother and sister in the curling event. Yeah, yeah, and I gave them the Pal Palmetto Curling Club pin, and they they wore it all the time, even on TV, which was awesome. That is so uh, cool. But uh, yeah, but yeah, they're they're great. They're great, uh, and their story is amazing. And I, that's what's so awesome about about the games is is. Uh, you know, people give up their, their lives and focus on a goal to make it to the Olympic Games and become the best in their sport. And through that entire journey, the, the ups and the downs, the sacrifices they make, I get to sit down and talk to them when they're on the biggest stage in the world yeah. and ask them how they got here and ask them, you know, who, who, who helped you get here, their faith, uh, uh, the sacrifices they made. It's just, and then I get to tell you the stories. And, then, you know, that's a blessing for me. And, and there's so many, so many stories that, that I, I don't get to tell, you know. Um, so I spend every minute of the day while I'm here just trying to find one story after another. Well, talk about sacrifices. You um, are away from your family for almost a whole month, and I know you have three precious boys. So anything you want to say to them yeah. back home here? Yeah, well, well oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely FaceTime as much as possible and talk, and my wife's doing an amazing job with them. So, uh, And then our friends and neighbors are the food and, uh, you know, just taking care of my family. So I'm I'm so grateful. You know, we have... We have no blood family in the upstate, so our friends have truly become our family, and, and they're awesome. Oh, that's so cool. We love you, Nigel. I'm glad you checked in with us live from the Olympic Village. How cool awesome. is that? Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> His morning crew. Allison's little boy, Sammy, her five-year-old has a pen pal. Yeah. That's like a throwback to way back when with a pen pal. I know. Well, he can't exactly. He doesn't have a phone yet. He's only five. What? <laughs> What is wrong with They so, have phones at three now. No, Sammy doesn't have a phone. Neither does Jude. And so Jude's his little pen pal in Minneapolis. What happened the other day? This is so cool. You have to hear this. This is so cool. Sammy sent him a valentine. So we just got a video back of Jude opening up his valentine, and he absolutely loved it. But the valentine was like, wasn't it a postcard of smokes? Yeah, Sammy has a restaurant called Smokes Burgers. <laughs> He's five. <laughs> it's an imaginary restaurant, but he has a logo and everything thanks to Jim's talent to daughter. You're welcome. And um, so she sent Jude one of his postcards and Jude's mom said, oh, Jude, wouldn't it be great if we could go have one of Sammy's little burgers?
burgers? And Sammy goes, my burgers aren't little. See? <laughs> wow. He's a little entrepreneur, man. Yeah. That's Sammy. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. One thing about our producer, Jim, our executive award-winning producer mm-hmm. of his morning crew, Jim Mann. Hallelujah. It's a strong feeling for cats. Mm, they're very strong. And if a cat makes a world record, he's going to tell you about it. <laughs> This is actually a tie. They're tying of a record. Jake also holds this, a cat named Jake from Canada. Well, this is a uh, cat named Paws. Paws, the cat. He's got 28 toes on that cat. 28, yeah. What are you supposed to have? 18. Oh. Yeah, five on the front, four on the back is what you're supposed to have. That's the law. But uh, Paul's, Paul's the cat. What a coincidence. His name is Paul's. Let me pause to think about oh, this. No. Oh, oh my. So if oh. he has 10, how, like, where are all these extra toes? On his feet. <laughs> pause. Yeah. On his paws. <laughs> he is polydactyl. What does that mean? He's got a lot of toes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, um. Uh, and then they think it's hilarious. Actually, the mom of the uh, owner, the human owner of Paul's, talks about uh, how unique this is. She can even say hello. It's really funny. She makes a lot of noises, but sometimes she says, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Hello. <laughs> the cat didn't say a thing. She's the one saying hello. My mother-in-law is like that. Yeah? She says she, hello? She really believes her cats talk. Mm-hmm. You don't? I don't believe that they talk. No, I don't believe that you they talk. I don't believe her don't cat can say hello. Not at all. I'm sorry. You're not a, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not a believer. You no. don't believe me, Rob. I don't have the same strong feeling for cats as, as Jim has, evidently. Yeah. What kind of cat oh, hangs no. out in your house? Hey, that's a house, house cat. What kind of cat hangs out in the alley? Alley cat. Yeah. What kind of cat is a chocolate candy bar? Thank you, Jim. Kit Kat. Yeah. Hey! What kind of cat are you? That's a good outlet. What kind of cat are you? Oh, tell me. Tell me, tell me true. What kind of cat are you? I'll give you those clues. Here we go now. What kind of cat are you? my whiskers. Rob, Allison, and Jim. Have you ever dreamed about sailing around the world? Yes. <laughs> blank stairs so maybe not not me <laughs> i get seasick so but it does sound romantic you know like an amazing way to see the world and such an adventure bored off my rocker <laughs> well for most of us it's one of those kind of pie in the sky dreams it sounds fun but it's probably not going to happen however there's this couple in colorado and they decided this was their dream and they were going to do whatever it took to make it happen so they spent two years planning this adventure for their lives they sold almost everything they owned. They bought a boat. Even though they had no sailing experience, they didn't let that stop them. No way. They took to the seas. But on day two, their boat hit something and began taking on water. And all the things we had, no matter how tied down they were, were getting tossed and thrown and hitting us. And I'm just like, she's sitting there like. Everything we've ever had is gone. Everything we worked for, everything is just gone. It teaches you a lesson of what really matters to you. Yeah. They had their pug, Remy, on board with them. And thankfully, Remy was wearing a life vest, so Remy was okay. (laughs) 
But not only did they lose everything, they do not have insurance. No. They do not have jobs because they were going to be traveling around the world. They also have to pay about $10,000 to get their boat wreckage removed so no one else hits it and gets their boat damaged. So they're pretty much down and out. They're homeless now. They're homeless. Yeah, everything. Sold everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, my word. And that was a dream that, like, how do you recover from something like that? I know. You know? Okay, I don't have the dream anymore. Thanks for <laughs> sucking that out of me. <laughs> you're, Doesn't you're sound so fun anymore. You know, it makes me think, I, maybe you've done, so, well, you probably didn't sell everything and buy a sailboat to go around the world only two days later when you start your journey, it's like capsizes and you lose everything. But maybe you've had a dream at some point in life that didn't go the way you thought. How do you recover from something like that? I think about this couple. How are they going to recover? Mm. Well, what about you? What's your story? His morning crew. Hills and Valleys. I think Allison has walked down that road because she and her husband have been going through this whole journey of adoption for how many years now? Two. Two Almost years. Almost exactly two years. Yeah. Crazy. Waiting for an adoption match. Yeah. We're waiting for our adoption match. And there's a matching committee is how it works with the country that we're adopting from. So we just kind of are at their mercy for when they meet and... Um, you know, our paperwork matches a child waiting. But you've been through those highs and lows through this whole journey. We've, we've seen it, and yeah. you just walk through it knowing God's with you, even during the low points. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not always easy. Um, but, you know, it took God a long time to get us it took us a long time to get ready to the point where we would say, yes, we're going to do it. So mm -hmm. now for me to kind of be a baby and be like, why are you making me wait so long? I have to remember, like, God waited a lot longer for my heart to change. Well, Richard's on the line. What's up there, Richard? Well, I, I basically, I just want to call and encourage Allison. You know, uh, me and my wife, we've adopted five kids uh, over the years. We had four kids that are grown. And uh, when we first went through the process, it was a long process. And, uh, you know, we, it, it, it took several years. But, you know, we, we prayed and we just said, God, you've got the right children for us. And he did. I mean, we, we adopted a sibling group of four. And then later on, about four years later, we adopted a special need child. But I will tell you, we couldn't ask for a better one, a better, you know, the kids. And God's got the prop uh, at the right time, the kids that, that's going to be for Allison will be there. Uh, when I, we adopted the kids, we went through a camp uh, they had just for defects. And while I was at the camp, I went and worked over there, and uh, I'm a minister, uh, and, and uh, I was working at the camp, and it just hit me. All these kids, they just need love. They just, they're crying out for love. And so just just stay the course. You're going to get going, and it's, it's a hard, long road. But uh, oh, it, it is so worth it at the end. Wow, what an amazing story you have. Thank you for that encouragement. And God has the perfect kids for you. And, and it'll be right there. And, and the child is it, just going to be great. Okay, okay, that's it. Mornings with his morning crew. God is both a fortress and a fountain. We must trust in him as our protector, but also delight in him, enjoying his presence and love as it flows into our lives. And when others, including our children, see us trusting God and not melting down before the problems of life, and when they actually see us delighting in God rather than merely being dutiful, it may be a refuge for them. It may actually attract them to a relationship with Him. Just like Proverbs 14, 26 
through 27 says, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. I don't know about you, but I'm really enjoying going through this devotional. It's God's wisdom for navigating life. It's the new one from Timothy Keller with uh, his wife, Kathy Keller. And it's a year of daily devotions in the book of Proverbs. If you're thinking, I so want that, tell you what, we're giving some of these away. So if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see that we have that devotion to give away and just share with us one of your favorite Proverbs out of scripture. Uh, that's at hisradio.com. You can click link right to our Facebook page and you can win that daily devotional. His Morning Crew. We're catching up with Rob's Big Losers today. Rachel is one of our Rob's Big Losers. She's set up at the GIT YMCA and Traveler's Rest. And I love that these folks are joining us on a journey that I started about 12 years ago. Yeah, and Rachel is doing a great job. She was actually the winner. We have weekly challenges and she won the overall um, challenge last week, which is so cool. And I love this post that she did just put up yesterday really seeing a difference in the way my clothes fit and man does that feel good hubby even com- commented that he could notice a difference even though he thinks i'm beautiful regardless of my weight way to go rachel how does that make you feel i, I feel awesome it feels great to be starting to see my clothes fit differently and um, i have energy yeah and talk about energy rachel has are you ready for this Seven kids. <laughs> yes. Seven kids. How do you find the time to do this? Um, it's a, a good busy around our house um, during the day, and it's very. Um, it helps out a lot that the Y has a daycare that I can leave my two younger girls at while I work out. Yeah, check this out. With seven kids, your first one, or your last one, I should say, is 23 months old. What are the ages of the other six? Okay, so we have a 20-year-old, 15-year-old, 9-year-old, 8-year-old, 6-year-old, 4-year-old, um, and then the 2-year-old. The and that's something. And that's something Incredible. else. You know, I, I start thinking it's so easy to go and get the junk that you can so easily get. So that means that you have to prepare a lot when it comes to your food and think uh, kind of in the future with meal prep. Yeah, I um, actually use Walmart online grocery order. That saves me time, and I can just put my order in online. Um, and that time, I would the hour to an hour and a half I'd spend grocery shopping. I'm able to use that to get my meals prepped for the week. And I noticed that in order to make time for working out, you decided to wake up earlier. How's that going? Um, you know, some days are better than others. Um, today, uh, you know, it was 6 a.m. to get everything done um, to to make the, the call and, and to be able to get to the workout facility, to the Y. You say you're making an effort, but would you say a couple of times a week that actually is happening for you or a little bit more? Uh, a little bit more. Good for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I go to um, – I'm at the Y almost every day, so – so you're making it happen, getting up an hour early, and you're benefiting from that. Yes. How are you enjoying that C25K app? Because you've oh, mentioned I, it a few times. Yes, I love the C25K. I used it last year at the on the um, at home group, and was able to actually jog the entire 
5K, and that was my goal last year. So this year, obviously, it's to improve my time. Good for you. Rachel, you are amazing. She is one of our Rosbig losers, by the way. You can follow Rachel's journey, everybody else, simply by going to the blog right through hisradio.com, giving them some encouragement, and even start your own journey as well. We have at-home workouts that are posted just for you. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. This is Morning Crew on His Radio. Rob Dempsey, <laughs> Allison Storm, Jim. Ant. Is somebody's phone ringing? So, who's calling me? Excuse me. I'm on the air. <laughs> Did that really just happen? That happened. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was your agent calling you. I don't have an agent. <laughs> it's a small part in a big movie. In a movie. major motion picture. It's less than five seconds. I think I'm on for 2.83 seconds. Still, <laughs> amazing performance. Right. They're talking about I Can Only Imagine. It's Rob, Allison, and Jim right here on his radio before I got a phone call. From no agent. Tell your agent you're busy. Yeah, right. <laughs> However, people are trying to imagine being a star for a day and rock the red carpet when the real stars are rocking the red carpet, and I'm off cleaning the bathrooms off of the, <laughs> the theater where this thing's happening. So who is this? I can't even remember who this is. Who are we talking to? Who's the young lady that's auditioning? Lori. 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 Okay, here's Lori's audition. Hi, this is Lori Michelle Godleyman from the red carpet of the premiere for the movie I Can Only Imagine, starring Bart Millard, who wrote the song I Can Only Imagine. And we're sitting here waiting for all the stars to come in. We got Rob Dency from his radio, and we have Dennis Quaid, a well-known actor. So we're just waiting now patiently on the red carpet for the actors to come in. I'm so excited to interview all of them. And oh, look who's coming. Our own Rob Dency from his morning show on his radio. Hey Rob, how about you? Do you like being on the big screen instead of just behind the scenes on the radio? As long as they spell the last name right, D-E-M-P-S-E-Y, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think she's a Denzi. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> See, that's how unknown I am. <laughs> what is your name? It's something. Oh, that was beautiful. The jack of all trades, master of none, especially in the movies. Don't forget us little people. <laughs> They're great toys, by the way. She, so, she was a natural, though. I, I, she painted a picture. I felt like I was there. At the red carpet. Mm -hmm. She is pretty good at it. And if you feel like you don't have those skills, Jim Mann's going to coach you all the way through. You don't need skills. I'm here. <laughs> so, the fewer the skills, the better, according to Jim. Tomorrow is the deadline for you to imagine on being a star for a day. Rock the red carpet at the I Can Only Imagine premiere in Nashville. I will not be on the red carpet, so you won't be disappointed. Uh, see? Wow. Tomorrow's the deadline. Go ahead and call your agent back. Yeah, right. Text the word STAR, 800-447-7234, or just go to the website, isradio.com. Rob, Allison, and Jim. The Olympics are going on. I'm certainly not one who can give you an in-depth report of what's going on with the Olympics. Allison could. She's got journalism in her. But we thought our executive producer, Jim Mann, would probably be the best to give you some kind of in-depth report on the Olympics. So let's hear it, Jim. No doubt, even though I have not watched it yet. Okay. So, <laughs> like I said. I did see some curling, curling, and that was too exciting for me. So no, I good. turn it off. As you can tell, we picked the best one. Yes, yes. But uh, Chloe Kim, she's like the sweetheart right now of the Olympics, my understanding is. It seems to be. She's only 17. When I was 17, I don't know what I was doing. 
Nothing. Not snowboarding. But no, she was in the middle of dominating the half pipe, half pipe qualify, uh, qualifications the other day, right? Okay. We had to qualify. And she's like way out in front of everybody. And so normally I'd be stressed out if I were doing that. You know, back when I was in the Olympics, I was always stressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he maybe, wasn't. Maybe that was a dream. In the Olympics. But she's texting. She's texting. Uh, could be down for some ice cream right now. She's texting. She wants ice cream. I think she's tweeting that. Yeah, that's called a tweet. Oh, she was tweeting. <laughs> she was tweeting. <laughs> like I said, we need okay. to pick the best one she to give you a She was typing into her phone, <laughs> and it went out over social media. Tweet, so Twitter, so man. a text to a lot of people at one time. And uh, Do you see he's got Twitter down? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are, are you berating me? No, I'm not. I'm just, just a little. Clarifying. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> So Chloe was in the curling competition, right? Yeah. <laughs> Snowboarding. Something Snowboarding. happened. Dude, yeah. something happened last night. It did. What? She won the gold. There you go. <laughs> she won the gold, but that's not the important part. What? Well, on her way to uh, picking up her medal or something like that, on her way to somewhere, one of the fans handed her ice cream. That's awesome. And she downed it on her way to what right. flavor? Chocolate. I knew you'd know yeah, that. Yeah, he'd know the ice cream. <laughs> he wouldn't know the gold or how to tweet. Normally, you don't take things from fans you don't know, right? Okay. But she took it and downed it. Bless her heart. 